Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Give to McCoy. Big hole. And the move. McCoy through the snow. Touchdown. A 40-yard jaunt for McCoy. Right? Can you name that game in one note? The clue <laughs> I'll give you is one of the favorite games I ever went to. With my with both my sons. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. That was uh, Eagles-Detroit Lions at the link, a December game, in which uh, the gentleman that you heard highlighted on that bite, Shady McCoy, set the franchise record for rushing yards in a game, broke the record held, set and held for all those years by the great Steve Van Buren. Yeah, it was just a great game, fun game in the snow, loved it. And it comes up today because this week in Philadelphia sports history, brought to you by Scheib Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their center city location or scheibsports.com. Best caller of the day gets a $50 gift card to Scheib Sports. So here's the deal. Uh, it, this is not the anniversary of him performing that game. No. This is a less auspicious anniversary or more auspicious because it was seven years ago yesterday that the Eagles Chip Kelly traded Shady McCoy LaShawn McCoy the NFL's leading rusher uh, two years before that to the Buffalo Bills for a linebacker who missed the entire 2014 season do you remember his ignominious name (laughs) sure Kiko Alonso yeah what do you remember about his great career um I remember the first time I saw him um and I said Really? That's a, that's, that's, that's a linebacker? Oh, he must have loved that. Oh, no, I didn't say that to him, what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I knew who he was, and I had seen him play in college, but to see him out of a uniform and just in street clothes, I mean, he was little. He was a little he guy. He was really little. And he was in, in very easily forgettable. By the way, so I was looking this up yesterday, and there's a second half to this, which is even more funny, but... Uh, the day the trade was made, I looked at stories that were written the day of the trade. You know I'm not a particularly big fan of ProFootballFocus.com. Yes, you've mentioned that. Okay. And and listen, we all make dumb statements. I, if you look through the history of my Twitter feed, oh, I have more than my share, usually involving my belief in Carson Wentz, well, but whatever. We've been on the air for an hour. We've probably made three or four. Yes, but the day that this was done, Pro Football Focus, Rick Drummond said, Eagles win McCoy Alonzo trade. Oh, good Lord. They actually said that? <laughs> yes, they did. Anyway, things fell apart after I that. Glenn, I can't imagine what they were thinking. I don't like, know. Things they fe- well, they were thinking that he was done. Like, 28-year-old running back is when and they Kiko were Kiko Alonso wasn't? Well, I, I don't want to litigate <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, I want to yeah, get yeah, to the yeah, second yeah. part I, of it. I'm sorry. I'm like, go, on, go on, go on. Yeah, so things fell apart after that. The Eagles signed two free agents, DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews, and right. not, that, neither of those really worked out. But that was only the prelude. Because one week after that, March 10th, which the anniversary would be this Friday, I guess, the Eagles made a trade with the Rams. They traded Nick Foles for Sam Bradford. No, they didn't. They traded Nick Foles and a second-round pick for Sam Bradford. And what everybody remembers about that deal 
is. This is back when Comcast Sportsnet, man, they're covering this stuff live. Right. And so it was the opening of the season, free agency, all that stuff. So there's Neil Hartman and you. And Barrett Brooks. And Barrett Brooks. Okay. I'm I Ray, I wanted to I spent an hour yesterday looking for this clip. <laughs> and I couldn't find it. I just could not find the clip. I had um Jack Fritz look through the WIP files. He couldn't find this clip. So we're gonna re we're gonna do it now, okay? Uh, okay. I'll be Neil Hartman. And this is by the way, no shot at Neil Hartman. He's no, doing no, no. his job. Right. Okay. Neil says, Well, it certainly looks when when Chip Kelly, by the way, traded LaShawn for Kiko Alonso mm-hmm. and then trades Nick Foles for heroic Nick Foles for Nick Foles and a two, excuse me, for Sam Bradford. Right. You know how you feel about Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. Neil Hartman says, wow, it looks like the mad scientist is at work. That's correct. Ray? <laughs> well, at that point, I had pretty much parted ways with Chip Kelly. <laughs> I, I was not. And, and most of the media in town, most of the media in town, they were still believed that Chip was all that. They believed that Chip was the smartest coach because he told them that he was the smartest coach. Uh, and I wasn't buying it. And I saw what was happening with the team. I saw some of the moves that he was making. This was after he had taken over all the football decision-making. And I just thought he was in way over his head, maybe without even realizing it. And so the whole idea that this people are talking about, he's the mad scientist, as, as, as being praised. This is, you know, he's, he's that far ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, my response to that was, well, the problem is sometimes the mad scientist blows up your house. <laughs> and that was that was my and there was sort of the silence on the set. Nobody knew quite what to say as a follow up to that. But that was kind of how I felt about it. I mean, if to make some of the moves that he made, and remember, he had already at this point let Deshaun Jackson walk yep. for nothing. Uh, chased him out. Yeah, uh, more than let him walk. It basically besmirched him and chased him out. So he so he basically dismantled what was really a very explosive offense and got very little in return. And then trades Nick Foles, who was a guy who had one for this team and had one for him, for a lame-armed Sam Bradford, who came in with a $15 million contract. It made no sense. Uh, high completion percentage. Oh, extremely high completion All percentage. All those four-yard passes. Yeah, I think he still got the team record for completion percentage. Yeah, which is offensive. Which, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that is This Week in Philadelphia Sports History, presented by Shive Sports. Hey, listen, Sam's a wealthy young man. Wherever he is, oh, yeah. sitting with his feet up back in Oklahoma somewhere, yeah, yeah. he's got a lot of money. He, he and Chase Daniel probably talk on the phone like, how much money you got for doing for playing poor? Oh, I got a lot. How about you? <laughs> All right. Any other comments on those uh, on those moves? Uh, no. Uh, okay. do you, uh, one thing about Shady McCoy. I, I, this, people probably haven't really thought about this, but – you know, Shady McCoy is still the last thousand-yard rusher the Eagles had. Oh, I'm very well aware. They haven't had the same rusher two years in a row, basically. I, I will. I, I have the list right here. I'm sure you okay. do. Yeah, the, the list this year. Because Jay- why would Ray not have a yellow legal pad quickly at his disposal with the Eagles rushers? Go ahead. The last the some last, people might look it up online, but you've got it written down. We are in an era now where thousand-yard rushers are not exactly that extraordinary. Seventeen okay. games. You, yeah, have, you, got- you average less. What? 58 yards yeah. a game or something. There was a time when a 1,000-yard season was a very big deal. That was reserved for the Jim Browns and the Jim Taylors of the world. Okay, that's That ain't the case anymore. You're playing 17-game season, so a 1,000 yards is not that extraordinary. you got to go back to 2014 to find the last 1,000-yard the thousand yard season for the Eagles, and only one player has won it back-to-back. But I'll, gi- I'll, give, you the, I'll, I'll give you the list. Yeah. Okay, Jalen Hurts was your leading rusher this year. Yeah. 
Miles Sanders the two years before that, yeah. but just in the 800s. Right. Before that, Josh Adams. Then Josh Adams. Josh. God, Adams. I don't even remember it. Josh Adams. Josh Adams. Twenty eighteen. Boy, the, that's a great trivia question. The year after Super Bowl, he led the team with five hundred. Wow. You know what? You yards. could ask a hundred people who led the Eagles in rushing the year they won the, the year after, after, after they won the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, not two in a hundred would get that. Give it a try. You can. Try, I guarantee you will probably win. But the answer is Josh Adams. Okay. Five hundred and eleven. Then the Super Bowl year was Legarrett Blunt. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Then the year. Then the year before that was Ryan Matthews. The year before that was Demarco Murray. Then you go back to 2014. It was Shady McCoy. Isn't that extraordinary? It's extraordinarily bad. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know. Uh, that you could do that with any other team in the league. Interesting to see what's going to happen with Sanders this coming year. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it's our friend Linda from Bala. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. It always brightens our day, and it always brightens the day of the Delaware Valley when we hear from you. Well, that is too cool for school. Um, I'm a very positive person, but I have to tell you, um, I have been following hockey since the Ramblers. Hey, you and, and me both. You and me long, both. I was I was an old Rambler fan. Yeah. Oh, thank you, darling. Because, of course, the young kids don't know who the heck I'm talking about. No, they but don't. You do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I went to their parade, the first one was the most grooviest thing in the world. I just, I was drinking champagne at uh, Torelli's uh, downtown at 13th Street. Oh, my goodness, I had a good time. Um, but anyway, the, the Flyers, uh, I hear they still have 10 guys out. Will you please tell me why all this time, all year, they're still hurt? What is going on? Do you know? Uh, I don't, but I know that when they had those town halls uh, in the last week, uh, somebody who visited them asked the, the general manager, asked somebody, said, "Like, what? what's the deal with all the injuries? I don't want to point fingers at the training staff, but hello. And the answer was, yeah, we're going to look into that. But, but I don't know what other answer. You, they're not going to say, yeah, our training staff stinks, right? They're not going to say that. Uh, well, I can't look at it. How many leads can you blow? I don't look at the games. Yeah. I look at the highlights because well, I have it over here. Yeah, you're not Number alone. two, my baseball is breaking my heart. You know, I, I, I don't know if I told you, Glenny. I meant to call and tell you. I got all my sports back finally this week. Oh, that's uh, I great. Had, I had the money to do it. It's not cheap anymore, you no. know. Nope. But I had the money to do it, and I was all excited. And the day I got the sports back is the day they decided. <laughs> all, after all them meetings that they weren't going to have baseball. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's trying to break who's back, but it's pretty disgusting. It's, it's terrible, and I blame the owners. But here's, here's the bottom line, Lenny. Here's the good news. You're going to have some great Sixers games to watch every other night, every third night for the next couple months. And and you know what? It's Linda, so I'm going to be optimistic. And as that parade is going down Broad Street, right, with, with Joel Embiid riding shotgun, that'll be the day they'll announce that baseball's coming back. So you'll be okay. Well, I was getting to the Sixers, and then I'll go because I know you're pretty busy. I'm glad they didn't trade uh, Tyrese Maxey, the little energizer bunny, because – 
Boy, would I miss him doing what he's doing. Yep. I love you. Take care. Lynn, Bye-bye. we love you. Always a pleasure. <laughs> he is going to be everybody's favorite player, right? Yeah, especially when we had the one caller that said that there are so many kids at the games now. Yeah. And I guarantee you all the kids love Maxie. Yeah, he's he's young. He's small. He's not right. small, but he's smallish compared to other guys. Right. And he's just got so much energy. And, and he's he got wears, that smile. And he wears a cool number. You know what, Ray? If I was, like, in the business, I would find – if if I had a business and I'm looking for an, the next endorser, mm-hmm. he's my guy. Yeah, and he seems very. He, he seems like a kid that's just really uh, having a lot of fun. Yeah, and he seems like he's a people person, he's yeah. out, like good personality. Yeah, I mean he could do big things in this town. He really could. Very bubbly guy. Jack in Santa Barbara, the dude. You know what, Jack? You got a draft question. Let's start with draft question. I want to get a little draft in here. Yeah, but first I want to say they like Linda back back when it was journalistic Philadelphia is when I left it. You've been there longer than me, Glenn, but I, I was there when it was all papers. Yeah. They they would have given her a column in in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good. Linda out of the bleachers would have been yeah, pretty yeah, good. People yeah. Would, people would have would have stood in line and go, I gotta get my Linda. Yeah. <laughs> Linda would have Linda would have been must reading. I agree with that. Totally. And, and, Ray, when they give you the ovation, can you send some west, not just across the Atlantic, okay? <laughs> <laughs> when you get your award, Glenn said it, the ovation is going to oh, go it's gonna be huge. Atlantic. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're so, they're going to so go, and what? we give the coach of the year to Zach Taylor. It's like, yeah. That's nice. And well, hold on a second. Hold on. And well, you know, the Gorovich Young, uh, Alabama, and we give the Red Bag Nell Award to Ray Dinger. <laughs> <laughs> the roof blows. It's at Harris, right? Harris. Roof blows off of Harris, Ray. You're gonna have your crowd there. I mean, Jonathan Taylor. It's a great player. Hey, he's from South Jersey. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll get people. That's right. Right. Yeah. Right. He's gonna get a big. Yeah. Guy. yeah you'll yeah. still get bigger. Yeah. Anyway, what so, do you got in the draft? Let's go draft. Okay. So, Ray, I'm looking at these guys, and they're all thoroughbreds now. And I'm wondering, you know, looking at at their track times, are are they setting up where, you know, in the fourth quarter when Aaron Rodgers and, and quarterbacks can throw the ball long, throw it up like a Hail Mary, and they, and they work the ref into the – in, in, into the defense, not having a prayer to stop those guys, and they get they get a pass interference call. And also, should the Eagles be risky enough to grab a running back and make a, a, a Ike Reese happy and grab the kid from Michigan State? Because <laughs> all right, well, hold on, a lot going on there. First all right. of all, Ray, yes. It, the speed Jack is referencing the speed uh, at, at this combine that these you know now it used to be a four two forty was like a big deal yeah then that's still a big deal four uh, two a lot but, of guys doing it four two ish but there are a lot of guys not as many as now I mean you had this this year they had eight guys run sub four four which is crazy which is yeah that's crazy uh, that's crazy because it's not really a fast track at Indianapolis people have said that no. before it's not like it's a super fast track so if you have Eight of your wide receivers are running sub four four. 
they're flying. Now the only question, and, and I don't doubt this, I don't doubt the times. I think the times are accurate. But the question is, it always can they, comes, can it, they run it, routes? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It always comes back to the same thing. Yeah, they can run, but can they? Got to run, Jack. Can they play? Can they play? Can they catch? Can they? Can they make the big? Can they? Can they run the slant on third and five and catch the ball and hold on to it? Um, you know, that's. I mean, speed is great. Speed is absolutely great, but you got to be able to play the game, and you got to be able to run good routes and catch the football, and that's what we'll find out about these guys. But they're in terms of just the stopwatch. If you're a stopwatch scout, and I know there are a lot of people that are, man, they had you drooling this week because they were flying down that track. You know what I think every time I see one of those guys? What's that? Uh, there's the next pick of the Raiders. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just whoever the fastest guy is. Oh, the Raiders, they're still going for that. Yeah, Darius Haywood Bay. I mean, yeah. I still remember him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they drafted him. Like, they had the seventh overall pick, and they drafted Darius Haywood Bay, who just because he ran a super fast 40. Yeah. Al Davis loved those guys. Yeah. And he couldn't as play. does his son with the bad haircut. And he couldn't play a lick. By the way, do we agree? Mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, Junior Davis. What's his first name? Mark. Mark, thank you. Worst haircut in the United States. Yeah, it's right there. I mean, you're a wealthy guy. You're a, a multi, multi, multi millionaire, and you put a bowl on your head. Yeah. That's all I got. You would think there's better hairstylists in Las Vegas, wouldn't you? Yes. You certainly think so. Yeah, I mean, you like have to try to look that bad. I am not one to talk much about hair. I'm, as you may know, not somebody who's like got a lot to show off here. But I know a bad haircut when I see it. What did you think of the old man's haircut? You know, Al had Al always had that slick back. Yeah, you know, that's, Al that's, seemed to me like he combed his hair with buttered toast. Right. I mean, it was really. It was, it was a lot of lot of brill cream. It was a what very, they, people it, used to use brill cream. It was, it was, a, it was a very fifties look. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. he was fifties Brooklyn ducks ass. Yeah, the whole thing. I mean, I always expected whenever I saw, him, I always figured that he had a pack of cigarettes rolled up in the sleeve of his t shirt <laughs> and a switchblade. He, he just he just had that look in his about jeans him. pocket. Yeah, I, I just felt like I was. I, where's what? Where's the rest of West Side Story? Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get John in Jersey here. Hey, John. Hey guys, what's up? First of all, Ray, I've been a Philly sports fans since the late 60s, you have given so much pleasure reaching down on the doorstep, grabbing a newspaper and reading some of the stuff you've written. Just want to congratulate you. You are the Jim Murray of Philadelphia sports, as they say. <laughs> wow. Well, Jim Murray won a Pulitzer Prize, so I, I don't think I'm playing in his league, but I appreciate, I appreciate the kind words, John. Oh, you're not getting a Pulitzer next week? I, I got confused. Sorry uh, about no, that. no, I, I think that, I think that <laughs> ship sailed already, but thank you anyway. <laughs> All right. I, I, Confession. You know, I'm a big hoop guy. My son's going to play college basketball somewhere next year. I coach. And I love Ben Simmons' game when he was coming out of college. I love the fact that he was going to make passing cool again. I just made a major misjudgment, though. And I want to talk about what's changed. And when you think about it, guys used to come out of college and they all had a hole in their game. Michael, Magic, Bird, Charles, Patrick. And what they did is they worked on their game. Every summer they worked on a new move, a new play, something to make them better, not only because they love the game, because they made more money. The better you got, the more money you made. What's changed now is the salary cap and max contracts exposes whether a player loves the game. Because now in the summer to get better, it doesn't matter. You're maxed out. You got your max contract. If you don't get better, your financial situation may not change. In fact, there could be an incentive for you to work on your business in the summer post-basketball career if you're really only focused on the money. And it became obvious, and it's simple now. Yeah, they, I don't they, know. I don't know that I agree because I've heard 
I've heard the complaint for my entire life that guys used to love the game. Now they just play for the money. Now they're the, and, and I, I think that great players are incentivized by greatness. I, I, I don't say that the, it's just about money. But what happens with the current structure, you find out very quickly if some, Joel Embiid's not playing for the money, he's going to make the money, but he loves the game. You can see it in his joy. Yeah, I think Matthew, those can be two different things. Yeah. I think, and, and thanks. I think you can love the money and, and play for the money, but also love the game. I don't, I don't think those are mutually exclusive. And I know what he's trying to say. Yeah. But I, found a, I read a quote like a couple months ago from an old player, an old baseball player. And he said, you know what the problem is? The problem is today, kids coming up, they don't play for the love of the game, the love of the sport. They play for their salaries. Mm-hmm. And you know who that quote was from? It was from Rogers Hornsby in <laughs> 1930-something. Yeah. People have been saying, I, when I was a kid, people used to say it about athletes in the 70s. Yeah, exactly. I've heard it in the A. Oh, free agency. Now they just play for the money. It's, 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 the, it's a trope that goes on forever. And, and I believe that truly the great ones play because they want to be great. Yes. Yes. I think that's true. I, I think that. Um, his his point was um, that those the players that came out of college had holes in their game and they worked to get better at. It. You know, Magic Johnson wasn't a great outside shooter, but he mm-hmm. made himself into a really good one. You know, Michael Jordan same way. Um, and it really didn't have any, especially with, with with those two guys. It really didn't have anything to do with making more money. They wanted to be the best. They wanted to be the best. They wanted, they were driven to be the best. We saw that with Jordan with every single second of that 10-part documentary. Let's take a break. We come back. We're going to talk to Kate Scott, Sixers TV broadcaster, Ray and Glenn, Saturday on 94 WIP. You know, if you're a Philly sports fan, you need to check out my friends at Scheib Vintage Sports. They're your home for throwback sports apparel in Philadelphia. Locally owned, Scheib carries name brands as well as original designs by Philadelphia artists, and they they have all those touchstones that all Philadelphia sports fans understand and love. The Philadelphia A's, Veterans Stadium, Prism, Franklin Field, all those wonderful things, they're all represented at Scheib Vintage Sports. So the next time that you need some new gear for a game or you're looking for that perfect gift, and aren't we always, head over to Scheib Vintage Sports. You can visit them at 13th and Walnut in Center City. You go in that shop, you can just get lost in there all day. There's so much cool stuff. Or you can go online to scheibsports.com. And when you do, tell them that Ray sent you, and you will get 15%. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Off. Garland has his pocket picked. Here comes Tyrese Maxey. Make it 31 for Tyrese Maxey. Well, that voice that you hear rather excited toward the end of the game last night is Sixers broadcaster Kate Scott. Does a great job with Allah Abdul Nabi. And we appreciate her joining us tonight because, and Ray, you and I kind of talked about the life of the player, but it's really the life of the broadcaster, too. You finished the game. The game was over, I don't know, 10? Right. I don't know what time you got on a flight, Kate. You got to fly into Miami, go get to a hotel, get up today, and do it all again. So we really appreciate you joining us today. Hey, it's my pleasure to be on with two legends like you. And I told you guys back when we first chatted back in September that I'm an idiot. So this is just case in point, um, 
you know, example number 10 or 11, trying to do a, what isn't an early morning interview, but feels like an early morning interview. Sure. Because, yeah, didn't get to the hotel until 3 a.m. Oh, well, the Sixers were sleepwalking through the first half last night, right? De- <laughs> defense optional and then turned it on. Uh, do we regard that as a good thing or that they could do it or a bad thing that it may cost them down the road? Uh, I'm going to go with both this morning. Um, I think it's great that they've been able to rally back the last couple of games. I'm rolling through all the cool nuggets and stats from last night. And on that note, the Sixers, obviously, down by 21 last night. They overcame a 16-point deficit to beat the Knicks on Wednesday. Uh, And those two games back-to-back, it's the first time in 25 seasons that the Sixers have made up deficits of at least 15 in back-to-back wins. So that's great, right? But uh, I don't see them being able to come back from 16 or 21 down tonight against the first-place Miami Heat and be able to somehow find the energy late to get the win. So I I think it's both. I think it's great that they've been able to do it, especially in the early days of the Harden era, um, to find the resolve and to be able to come together like that after such a slow start for back-to-back games. But but you guys know it's only going to get tougher, especially these next three games starting tonight. How telling do you think this game is going to be tonight, Kate? I mean, you don't want to overstate the importance of any regular season game right. in the NBA. But, but you know, you're, you're, you played a good Cleveland team last night. You had to spend a lot of energy to come back and win that game. And then, you know, the mm-hmm. late flight, the travel. And now you got to go in and play a rested Miami team that's damn good. Um, you know, what, what do you think we could learn about the Sixers tonight that maybe we haven't learned before? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to try not to put too much stock into it as well, Ray, but, but I'm with you because of everything you just said. Um, if they're able to, to win tonight, especially uh, if Jimmy and P.J. come back because Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, I'm sure you guys have already talked about this, Kyle Lowry uh, did not play in the Heat's win over Brooklyn a couple of nights ago. It sounds like two of those three guys are going to be back. So if they're somehow able to getting into the hotel at 3 in the morning after uh, a couple of really difficult wins over the Knicks and Cavs the last couple of days and come down here and, you know, punch the first-place team in the East in the mouth and get back up to Philly with a victory, I I think it's going to prove even more about what I was just talking about, the resolve, the resilience, the want to of this newly put-together club. Now, (laughs) I'm already thinking of all the excuses in my head if that doesn't happen because we all know teams – often get the, the South Beach flu, as I know it's called down here. Um, I don't expect the guys to, to have that tonight. I know they're focused right now. But but if if the legs start to give out on, the, on them a little bit and the heat kind of just get rolling in the first, I also won't be surprised. So, so I'm going to be paying attention and hoping for the best. But if things go poorly, not putting that much stock into it. We played a highlight coming into the segment uh, that you uh, had last night called a, uh, a highlight of um, Tyrese Maxey. And, boy, uh, his play has been fun all year. But wow. since Harden has come in, these last four games have been just a joy to watch. Uh, I'll toss you the softball question of why is it different? Why is it so much better now for Tyrese? Uh, because I think there's a lot less responsibility on his shoulders, right? Hey, Tyrese. Use your speed, use your athleticism, and be aggressive. Get downhill, kid. Um, I'm, I'm looking at something. I try, I'll try not to get too into the weeds, but this just right before you guys called blew me away. So since James got here, he's averaging 27 points, 
on 65% from the floor, 70% from three on at least five attempts a game, and 86% from the free throw line. He's shooting 70% from three because he he has so much space. Uh, He said it, I think, after the Wednesday went over the Knicks. Because of my speed, he's really been working on that change of pace, which is so important in basketball, so that he slams on the brakes and lets them fly on by. So all of a sudden, the, the little space that he was already making buckets with in the first three quarters of the season, now it feels like a, a just a gaping, <laughs> vast cavern uh, between him and where his defender is because of the stop and starts and because of the attention and the gravity that, that James and Joel have. So uh, he has said that it's easier, and now he's his, his number one responsibility is, I think, his number one strength. Use your speed, get downhill, and just go for it, kid. Yeah, he really he really is fun to watch. And, you know, last night, f- five for six, and, you know, he had the first five and the sixth one rattled around and probably should have been a basket but bounced back out again. I mean, he was he was definitely on point last night. You know, one of the things you were talking we were talking about um, was what you can learn off of this game tonight, what you're going to kind of be looking for from this game tonight. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm kind of looking for is – how the Sixers will attack Miami's zone because they zone a lot, and uh, yeah. and, we've, and we've seen this was a problem with this team before Harden got here. Uh, we saw they had some problems with it last night against Cleveland, uh, and mm-hmm. now they're going they're, they're sure going to get a big dose of it tonight with Miami, and that's kind of what I'm going to be yeah. looking at and seeing because I really do think that Harden could be the great zone breaker for them once they've really yeah. got the off once they've got the offense really flowing. Harden's the kind mm-hmm. of guy that can get you out of that. But I think tonight's going to be a good test. Yeah, I completely agree. And and there was a number of frustrating moments last night. I'm sure you all were yelling at your TVs because Al and I were trying not to yell while we were calling the game about uh, how many open shots they had and then guys would pass them up. And I don't know if they were trying to be unselfish, right? New teammate, no, no, you take the shot. No, no, you can have even – no, somebody just shoots the damn ball already. Um, but But yesterday morning – uh, in, in the film session before shoot around, the big focus was just spacing and movement. And there were so many times where they were, they were stopping the film of the Knicks game saying, okay, if, if Matisse makes this cut right here, if Tobias makes this cut right here, look, look how much easier things get for your teammates. And this is obviously they were going on to beat the Knicks the other night. But, but I think – what I'm trying to get at is they are just in the beginning stages because I completely agree with you. If anybody can be a zone breaker and, uh, yeah, we need to go to man right now, it's James Harden. So I think they are still, even though they've won the first four of James' tenure, I think they're still in the very beginning stages of figuring out the best ways to play and the best ways to not get frustrated by the cab zone because you're 100% spot on. Spolster teams, I mean, we, we know how disciplined – and, and well-coached and, and well-played, the, the Miami Heat have been for a number of decades, and, yep. and that goes to because of the culture that they got down here. Yep. Kate Scott is our guest. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate T. Scott. Uh, and by the way, I, I heard you know, a week or so ago um, talk about how you ended up being staying up all night because you were watching old James Harden highlights from Oklahoma <laughs> City. And, yeah. and I, I think you said you went down that, that rabbit hole and you, and you didn't get I out. Did. Yeah, well, I'm very impressed. Um, just uh, I, one more from me, which is uh, not about the team, but about you. You're not you're not a newbie anymore. You've been here since September. Um, 
the, it, it looks fortunately like kind of the world's opening up. We're getting out. We're getting together. What what have you learned about Philadelphia? The people. What uh, I know you, your wife, the dog have settled in. How, what's yeah. your What's your view of the town? Gosh, we just feel we feel more and more fortunate every day. Truly, um, as the sun is starting to actually come out, mm-hmm. um, I, I just. I try to get out at least a couple of times a day, walk in the pup, even on game days. And I, I just take moments and look around and truly say aloud to myself, how lucky am I to be here? You guys know this. You've been here for a long time. But Philly is a phenomenal city um, with extremely passionate people that aren't just passionate about sports, passionate about your food and your drink and your friends and your just everything about it. And as we discussed back in I think September, October, that's who I've always been. Um, but, you know, growing up on the West Coast, the cities you come to are New York and Washington, D.C. Uh, you, you often, for some strange reason, I don't know why, kind of pass over Philly. And uh, Kate Fagan, my buddy, told me, who wrote Inquire and covered the Sixers years back, said, I think you're going to love the city. It is a hidden gem out here on the East Coast. The people, everything about it are just incredible. And uh, she was a truth teller because I, I'm, I'm not blowing smoke. I feel so fortunate to be here. My wife, who hates change, and I was just hoping she wouldn't hate it for the first six months she was here. Uh, she's really liking it, so um, I'm truly fortunate to be here and hopefully – like I said, just going to be putting my head down and trying to get better each and every game and uh, hoping that we'll be here for a very long time. Uh, all right. No question, no question okay. about that. The la- last question from me, Kate, um, Kate I think you, you – um, I think you, you use the term figure it out, and that's, uh, I think they are kind of are at that point. And the one guy that I think, that, that I think of most in those terms is Tobias Harris. Uh, yeah. where, do, where do you think ultimately in the grand design of Doc Rivers he will fit in here? What – you know, how does – you know, I think it's clear that it's 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 working definitely with with Harden and Embiid, uh, and it's certainly mm-hmm. working with Maxi. But Harris seems to be the one guy that's trying to figure out exactly where he fits in this puzzle. Where do you think it is? Yeah, and and I know last night was a frustrating night for everybody. You can see it on his face and Doc's face and Joel's face, and I'm sure fans were yelling at the TV like like we always are. Um, he was really under the weather last night, and I know nobody wants to use excuses like that, but. Uh, but I could tell he was really feeling bad. There's, there's been a bug going around, and he was the latest to get it. But uh, I, I think similar to Tyrese, and again, this is just my opinion, right? but like he's best, and we've been saying it all season, and you all know, when he gets downhill, and the past couple of games, he's been starting and then stopping, right? Starting and then hesitating a little bit. And we also know he loves kind of that little back-to-the-basket, start nearish the low-block turn and little fadeaway jumper. Those have been his kind of bread-and-butter go-tos this season. So I'm hoping that they find that for him. I know that before I got here, he really liked to get out and run with Ben, and they weren't really able to do that last night. And I know that Tyrese has been the benefactor of most of those, but I'm hoping that they can get him more in that, get Toby a couple of easy buckets, just transition, running the floor. And then I also think, as he said, and I think we all know, his production's probably going to go down a little bit. But as long as... It's in wins. Um, I think the, the game at MSG was the best kind of picture of that. He scored in double figures. He had the highest plus-minus for people who follow that on the season. He was, he was plus 25, the best out of any sixer. 
and he did just enough. He, he had rebounds, he had assists, he was playing good defense, he was in the double figures. He did what they needed him to do, and then just kind of cleared space for, for Joel and James and Maxie to, to take care of business. So I think it's not going to be easy because there's only one ball. There's a lot of dudes who want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's how I see him. I, I don't know. Do you do – you, See similar something different. Yeah, I think I think his role is less than it was, and they'll fit, and they got twenty. Mm-hmm. What do they got? Twenty, twenty-one games to figure it out. Yeah, and, twenty to go. Yeah, twenty yeah, to go. I think but they will. He's been in the league for a long time, guys. Yep. And uh, I think more than anything, he would love a championship. So if he scores, if he gives five and five and finishes plus twenty-two because he's playing good defense. I think you will be more than okay with that. Yeah, I'll live with that. Event. Yeah, we'll all live with that. Kate Scott, always yeah. a pleasure. Enjoy South Beast. Uh, we look forward to watching you tonight. Uh, call the game with Allah. Mine. All right. Be Thanks well. Thanks for having me on, you guys. Thanks, you Kate. It. There you go. She does a good job. Listen. She does a really good job. And you and I talked about it. She came in. It's really tough. You replace a legend like Mark Zumoff, who did it for, I think, 26 years. Yep. And uh, you're walking into a new town where people don't know you, mm-hmm. and I think she's I think she's done very well. I, she's very watchable. Very she and and they have good chemistry. She and Allah. Yeah, she and Allah are really good together. Um, she clearly knows the game, uh, works at it. That's obvious. Uh, and um, and she's a good broadcaster. I mean, like I told you, I, I one night I was out driving on a Saturday night and I picked up a college just going up and down the dial and I picked up a college football game. And I recognized Golik's voice yes. first. Oh darn! Yeah, I work. I recognized Golik's voice first, and I said, "Oh, it's Mike Golik." And I listened, and then it was it was Kate and Golik calling a college football game, and she was really good. And I meant to congratulate her. She actually was just named California Sports Broadcaster of the Year. Yeah, not bad. Uh, no, and I meant to compliment her on that. And by the way, Zoomoff won it here, kind of on his way out. Uh, real quick, Robert in Germantown. We got about forty-five seconds. Robert, talk to me. Sunday Sixers enjoyed the game, guys. Uh, Concerned that uh, we got out rebounded again by ten rebounds. That's not good. And uh, this kid Tobias Harris, he better step up his game. Uh, and also thought we were out coached. I thought the Cleveland coach ran a lot better offense for his players. A lot more basketball IQ on the other side. Uh, Maxie saved our butt. Oh yeah, I'll just touch one point. They got out rebounded because Miami, Miami, because Cleveland never missed a shot. <laughs> there, right. were, there were no. Thanks for the call. There were no rebounds to get. Yeah, they shot seventy percent. <laughs> There weren't a lot of rebounds. There weren't a lot of opportunities there. 215-592-9494. Coming up at noon, tell us your story. Man, we'd be moaned hockey, so we'll give people back when hockey was good. Dave Pullen. Yeah, that's, set that up. Prob- that's, that's probably a good idea. We'll, yeah. give, we'll give them a little flashback to when hockey was good in this town. By the way, this segment was sponsored by Guided Door and Window by any window or door. Get the second one at 50% off, plus interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Call Guided Door and Window today at one eight seven seven. Go guide it or visit go guida.com. We will do what we're watching tomorrow, I promise. Rain Glenn on 94 WIP. Right, Danger Glenn Mack now. Uh, this is when we talk to our friends from Cooper Bone and Joint. Dr. David Gelt is with us on this beautiful day. How are you, Doc? Pretty good. How are you guys doing today? All right, we're good. Uh oh. What are you doing, Doc? I was just uh, had a text. Sorry. Okay. Oh, okay. No problem. Sound like you were drilling a tooth there or something. I thought you had to, I thought you expanded your practice. Sorry about that. Right, what do you got? Um, doctor, I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, the combine's going on now, and everybody's the mock draft season has begun, and uh, everybody's sort of trying to figure out with the Eagles with three first-round draft picks, who are they going to take? And one of the guys whose name keeps coming up in connection with the Eagles is Drake London, who's the wide receiver. The, <laughs> the wide receiver, the wide receiver from Southern, wide receiver from Southern Cal. 
Um, in fact, he might be calling you even as we speak. Um, but he, uh, he, he suffered a broken ankle in October uh, and uh, obviously didn't finish the season, didn't come back. He's at Indianapolis now just doing interviews, but he's not working out. Um, but a lot of people, he's going to get drafted, and a lot of people are thinking with the Eagles looking for wide receivers, he could possibly be a target, maybe even in the first round. Uh, the question that I think most people would have would be a guy who breaks his ankle mm-hmm. in October, um, wh- how, much is, uh, how much is that going to carry over? What's the likelihood that he would even be available to you uh, to the start of training camp or the start of a regular season? Yeah, so it depends on obviously what kind of fracture it was and how severe it was, if it was off the uh... The outside ankle, um, called a lot of so the fibula. Um, by the way, by the way, Doc, I should just to put it in context. I should mention it was October thirtieth, so it was the very end of the month. So it's even later still. Yeah, um, and that also depends on if it's the the shin bone or the tibia, and if they uh, ended up having uh, significant surgery, or if it was just a, a non-displaced fracture, meaning that it was lined up fine, and you could just treat it with uh, casting or mobilization. So. A lot of times, if it's just uh, something that looks well maintained and it's nothing that you have to do any surgical intervention, you know, it's good six to eight weeks, and then you get into some rehab and you're doing pretty well. Um, sometimes you can have some setbacks if there's any soft tissue injury or ligament problems, and then if there's surgery, then that's a whole other story. Or sometimes uh, you have to put hardware in there, and it can obviously be a lot longer to recover. Uh, you know what? We're going to let you go get those texts because they – I'm sorry. That's the Carolina right. Duke game, so a lot of people are starting. To oh, there you go. That's right. Bit. I forgot. Yeah. Your loyalty is Carolina, of course. There you go. All right. Well, good luck there. <laughs> All righty. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Not, not a problem. We'll talk to you next week. There you go. <laughs> it was a little disconcerting because you're right. It sounded like a drill. It did. Yeah. yeah it did. Whatever. But anyway, but I know people, and I've gotten some emails about Drake London and people saying, you know, could the Eagles pick him? Hey, listen, if he's healthy, would I be interested? You're talking about a six foot four receiver who can run the way he can run? Yeah, I would. Yeah. But the fact that he fractured his ankle on October 30th is a little concerning. Michael in Radnor, you're on with Ray and Glenn. Hey, Ray and Glenn. Michael from Radnor called in a couple times, kind of a three part call. Uh, actually, we're sitting outside of Caldwell University, hopefully at Herb McGee, hopefully not his final game today at the tournament. But uh, three part call. Ray, you may have met uh, Herb's mother in law, Marianne Cachado. I believe you have. Really, the, the call is centered around her, uh, her passing, a little bit about Herb. But, Herb, do, Ray, do you remember meeting her at all? Or? Oh, sure. I met her with the, the year that Herb was inducted into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. Um, she was at the table next to me. What a delightful, what a delightful lady she is. And it turns out she's a big WIP listener. She absolutely is. And she passed away. This call's been two years in the coming, but. She was absolutely one of the most uh, gracious women to ever grace the main line in the Philadelphia area. She lived till she was 95 years old. This woman went to church every single day. She drove to church till the day she died. We had Thanksgivings at her, at her house with 50 people the last 30 years in a row. I'm not sure if you know, but but Ray, uh, but Herb lost his uh, his parents at a very young age, and I knew that. Love Ray, yeah, and respect that he had for it was just mind-boggling. It really- I'm sorry. He talked about her. Yeah. He talked about her all the time. He talked about her all the time, and uh, and she was. And the night that Herb got inducted into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame, I was at the dinner, and uh, there was nobody in the, in the audience that was beaming more broadly than she was. I mean, that was a big night for her, but I think it was a bigger night for her. D in Virginia, you're on with Ray and Glenn. 
Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How's hey, going? Good. Hey, like I told you guys last week, I wasn't too much uh, high on hard in the beginning, but I've come around. And just looking from a basketball standpoint, you know, when you got Maxie out there and Embiid with him, going to the playoffs is great for them to have that veteran leadership and someone who understands, you know, how teams are going to stop guys like Joel. Uh, the only thing that really worries me is Doc and his rotation. Um, he, he needs to get that. Uh, he needs to get that cleaned up. And I would say uh, don't underestimate the impact that DeAndre uh, Jordan can have and uh, Danny Green. Those guys are the best, and they've been there before. Well, okay. It's, I'm glad you brought that up because nobody had. Ray, DeAndre Jordan, I mean, my expectation is he's going to play 10 minutes a night That's and it. hopefully play a little bit of defense, and anything over that is a bonus. That's it. I mean, you, just, you needed somebody behind Embiid, uh, and you needed another big guy that could come in and give you, you said 10 minutes, probably about right. And, you know, he's been in the league for a long time. He's played in some big games, played in some good teams, understands mm-hmm. his role at this point. Yeah, I think he was a good pickup. Definitely. And I know you guys watch the draft. Everybody's talking about these wide receivers, and rightfully so, run some fast times. But I'm just amazed at some of those big guys out there. I mean, you had a bunch of yes. you know, running sub-five. You know, so, yeah, very, very interesting in that point. Uh, I, I, I think that's, it is a great point. It's not just those wide receivers who are running fast. And, again, we'll do it tomorrow. We're going to do a whole draft segment. But it is. It's, it's bigger guys as well. Right, let me sneak in one more call before uh, we do tell us your story. Brandon in Brookhaven, what's on your mind today, Brandon? Hey, guys. I was one of the few in attendance on that Flyers game that you guys were talking wow, about. Wow, you had your whole yeah, a whole row to yourself. Pretty much. Yeah, I did. And the only reason I went was because I didn't want to go. That's how – this is the first year I ever did not want to go to a Flyers game. But I got it as a Christmas present from my neighbor. So if I don't go, my neighbor knows I'm home. <laughs> so I end up going just for that reason, but that's the whole point is that the fans don't even want to go, and that's me. And I grew up watching the Flyers. It is hard to watch. I know they're winning, but I end up leaving after the second because I just knew they were going to lose the way they were playing. They're giving the puck up in the freaking defensive zone. They're not skating hard. The defense is all over the place. And and one more thing, too, is that I'm so happy you guys continue to talk about the Flyers because if fans lose interest and we're not talking about it, they're not going to fix it. So please continue to fix yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. And that's, and that's a, why Brandon, we do. That's exactly why. That's Thanks. exactly and, why. Oh, I'm sorry. We, we let them go. We feel an obligation. It, it, it has to mean something. It has to be addressed. Yeah. People, have to, people have to be taught about it. It has to be talked about because that's the only way you're going to implement change. And – You know, apathy is the worst thing, and I don't want it to become apathetic. It's an embarrassment what's become of that team, and the people that are responsible need to be called out for it. Simple as that. By the way, uh, we're we're about to, speaking of when the Flyers were great, we're about to go to our Telesur story with Dave Poulin. Right. So I tweeted uh, this morning and actually yesterday that, you know, Ray and Glenn are show today. I mean, your wife shows you want to post on Facebook. Yes, she does. So you do actually see it. I do see it. Okay, so I put it on Twitter, and when you put it on Twitter, you – tag the person. So I said, we're going to be on with Kate Scott. And I tagged Kate Scott. So she will see it, and the people who follow her will see it. And I said, and we're going to have Captain Dave Poole, and I found him on Twitter. And, and, and he retweets it, and then I finally got a note that said, by the way, I should mention that I'm not really the, that Dave Poole. So it's just some guy. <laughs> 
Ah, the joys there's, of social media. Ah, there you go. Anyway, that that is coming up. Why don't you, you set up the uh, Dave Poulin thing here? Yeah, well, Dave Poulin is, uh, boy, everything we talked about the Flyers, a team that has no heart, a team that doesn't try, a team that doesn't compete. And Dave Poulin was the opposite of all of those things. I mean, he was a, he was a guy who was undersized, was undrafted. Flyers, he went to Sweden. Ted Sater recommended him to the Flyers organization. They bring him in, sign him as a free agent. They start him out in Maine. They call him up at the end of a season, and he scores goals on his first two shots at the NHL. He will tell you the story. But the big thing is, and he will always be remembered, as the guy who, re- who succeeded Bobby Clark as captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. And can you imagine a bigger responsibility than being the captain who followed Bobby Clark? But Dave Poulin wore the sea and wore it proudly for eight seasons, and he tells us his story in a very compelling way. Very good. Looking forward to that. Hey, are you tired of dealing with your old drafty windows and doors in your house? Maybe it's time you finally go Guida. The great people at Guida Door and Window will help you make your window and door replacement project more affordable with their buy one, get one half off sale. For every door or window you buy, you get a second one at 50% off, and you can mix and match the savings to suit your own needs. Buy an entry door, get half off a storm door. Buy a patio door, get 50% off a window. If you need to replace all the windows and doors in your house, you will save 50% on half the project. The more you need, the more you save. Plus, Guida is making it easier for you to afford your project with no money down and interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Act Now offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply for full details. Call Guida today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.